Blog Talk Radio. What's up, my friends? Thank you for taking the time to join another podcast of Will's Take on Sports. I'm the host, Will Walker. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast on the different platforms that podcasts are available. Today's podcast, 2-9-X out this bad football. The X-Football League is up and running again. Um, they've tried so many times with these bad football leagues in the spring and things of that nature. I don't know why they keep trying it, but hey, it gives young men that have pro football hope jobs. So I'm going to take a positive look at it. Also, before we get into it, I introduce my brothers. This is going to be on Monday and Sunday, and Monday and Thursdays at 7 a.m. on the Spreaker app. Just download the Spreaker app and type Will Take On Sports in the search box. And if you can't do that, there's a link in the description for this show that will be posted on Facebook and Twitter. And you can easily click that link. I want to welcome in Mr. Derek Wilson, Mr. Lou from New Jersey. What's up, fellas? Thank you, what up, what up? <laughs> same old, same you, old, same old, same old. <laughs> hey, man, same, same you, man. Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Thank <laughs> you, man. Uh, um, little guy got me going a 20 miles an hour in eight different directions. <laughs> that's why I was getting ready to ask you, how's, how's the little person doing, man? Um, hey, since the last great. time we was on, since the last time we was on, gentlemen, the Super Bowl, uh, was played. Kansas City is now the Super Bowl champion. Well, I get you guys thoughts about that game. A lot of people put a lot of pressure or a lot of had a lot of negative things to say about Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garofalo. Who, if you blame anybody for that loss, or do you just say that the Chiefs just made a great comeback and win? Whichever way you want to take it, I just want to get your thoughts. What was your take about Super Bowl, Derek? Um, I thought the, I thought the Chiefs just handled a couple of situations a little bit better. Right before the half, I don't think I would have let the clock ran out. I think I would have at least tried to push it a little bit, you know what I mean? But, you know, you know I mean, the flip side of that is when he took the shot, he, he got a bad call. So you couldn't really blame that on him. And then at the end of the game, I mean, the Chiefs just made plays. You know what I mean? You had like three batted balls in the last two positions. Uh, so, you know, I mean, a couple sacks, and the last throw, I felt like Sanders gave up on the route. It wasn't that badly overthrown that he couldn't have made a play on it. So, all in all, I thought they had a good game plan. People chewing Shanahan up because the Chiefs came back, but the Chiefs done that to everybody they played this postseason. That wasn't their new. That's kind of their pattern. They they were still in it, and if he hits that throw, we're not having this conversation. Very true. Mr. Lou, what you think? Well, it, like I said, it wasn't going to be the same game we had last year. And, yeah, I thought it was going to be a little bit higher, though, with the scoring. I mean, but um, the, at least the offense uh, was up from the previous year. So I was uh, pleased by it. But 
I really thought that Jimmy G was going to be able to overtake the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And they looked good for the first three quarters, but Mahomes just stepped up his game with the Chiefs and uh, overtook him in the fourth. So uh, I ended up on the losing end of that. But a great game of was. <laughs> Go welcome in this young man, Mr. Walter. How you doing today, sir? Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. How are we all doing this fine, cold Sunday evening? Uh, we are doing well. Stand, stand, stand warm. That's the main. That's the main thing. What is your thoughts about the Super Bowl last Sunday? I don't believe Jimmy G lost the Super Bowl. I just believe that Patrick Mahomes and the offense, which we all kind of talked about, we were kind of in agreement. Most of us was in the agreement of that we didn't think if the Chiefs fell behind. With that 49 defense, we I, there were some of us that didn't believe, I, at least I didn't believe, that they would be able to come back. And for them to do that, I thought that was remarkable. Um, and the you know, and Jimmy basically put up as much as he could. Um, and once you steal momentum, it's hard to get. It's hard for a team that's lost it to get it back. That only used to be in that only used to be in college football. Pros, it wasn't it wasn't such a big thing. In college football, it's, it's a huge difference. But in pro football, that used to, that used to not be a thing. So, I agree with you. Once Uncle Mo swung towards Kansas City, it was really kind of hard to stop them. And plus, he made the plays that Garoppolo couldn't, in my opinion, or didn't make. Rather, I mean, I can't say he couldn't. He just didn't make them. So, let me ask you guys. I've already stated this. Is Patrick Mahomes now the face of the NFL, Derek? Uh, yeah, but I think he was already that. I think he was that before the season started. When he won the MVP, um, even though, you know, Lamar Jackson kind of just took over everything, you still, in every commercial, in every big marketing plan that they had, he was always in the picture. So, you know what I mean? He was on the cover of Madden. That might not mean nothing to some people, but for those of us who know how the game works, that's like the highest honor you're going to get as a football player. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he was already there. You, yeah. you watch some of the games, even some of the, the, you know what I mean, even some of the calls that he gets are like super, superstar calls. Now, it's kind of like LeBron in basketball. There's only some calls that LeBron is going to get. There's only some things that only Mahomes is going to get. So I think he's already that. I don't think he just got there. He was already there. Luke, and why not? It's smart. Exactly, I agree with you, Luke. If he's not the face of the NFL now, he will be by next year. I mean, look what he's, he's had an incredible season. I mean, his face is plastered all place in commercials and whatnot, like your partner said. So yeah, if he's not the face of it, he will be by next year. Believe me, and of course, he will take an MVP regular regular season next year. No doubt about it. Okay, Walter, what's your thoughts? I don't believe he's the face yet, but by by mid-next year, he I believe that a lot of sponsors are going to really, over the next 12 months, really put some stuff together to put him in position. Um, I, I think you're going to kind of see, you know, the NFL has not always kind of put individual players above the the shield. Um, but I think that 
Patrick Mahomes is going to be the exception. I, I think you're going to see the NFL kind of take the Stephen Curry route. Real, real quick, real, real quick, real quick before we go on. Um, only reason why we getting feedback either we on either somebody got me on speakerphone or you're listening to it simultaneously. That's why we getting a little feedback. So if we could kind of just eliminate that, that. 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 but that in uh, in. Re- Okay. That may be me. Well, in regard, like it just sounds like a like a little robot sound coming back in my ear a little bit. But in okay. in regards to the uh, but in in regards to uh, what you said about there maybe never been a player above the shield. What about Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning seemed to be above the shield, and he didn't have quite the accomplishments or the wins in the Super Bowl as uh, Tom Brady. But it seemed like to me Peyton Manning was the face of the NFL. Uh, for a good while during his career. What do you think about that, Walter? Oh, you know, I, I agree with you. And, and he, he, unfortunately, he slipped my mind. Um, I just, for some reason, even though you saw him being marketed the way that he was, it never seemed to be on the level of, you know, the Kobe Bryant. And, and again, I realize we maybe I'm using an apples and orange comparison, but I, I didn't really see him on the level of the the Kobe Bryant's, the the Michael Jordans, the Stephen Currys, the James Hardens, uh, uh, the LeBron James. I mean, he certainly has some good commercials. Eli had some commercials, but um, you know, you can see the NFL is slowly, from a marketing standpoint, trying to kind of go in that direction where they're kind of marketing the individuals. Uh, you know, you've seen a couple of commercials with Brady. I've seen some commercials with Rodgers. But I think you're going to see some Stephen Curry-type commercials now with, because I've heard people make comparisons of him with Patrick Mahomes. Anybody else want to chime in? Nah. Oh. Nah, don't want to touch it. Okay, we can leave we can leave it at that. Let's move on to the XFL. I don't know if you guys have watched this. I know if you haven't if you watch TV, you've seen these commercials everywhere. Um this is my question. How long before this league is canceled? Just give me a just somebody just give me a, what you think. A year, two years or within the first year? Oh, uh, you know, I was on Lou's show yesterday, which was an excellent show. Um okay. I, as I shared I share it with Lou. Uh, I believe they're not going to make it past two years. I, I, you know, because the sponsors dictate a lot of the NFL um, in terms of, you know, it being able to be as popular as it is. And right now they got Fox. And yes, they got ESPN. But you know what? Viewership and ratings is what's going to be the telltale at the end of this year. Um, it's going to be the end of the, at the end of this year. That's going to tell. And I don't believe the. I could be wrong. You know, I, I do want to see the Dallas uh, version of the XFL win their championship just to be able to rub it in Jerry Jones' face, and just to remind him why he needs to take his hands off the Cowboys and let people run it. I think that would be a nice little. Uh, Story, but now nah, I don't think it's gonna make it past two years. You think that will bother Jerry Jones? I'm just asking. You think that'll that'll even get under that would even register in his orbit 
if an XFL team wins a championship? Um, I think with, with ESPN and, and your first takes and, you know, great, great shows like you and, 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 and Lou, you, you get in people's ear like a like a like an annoying fly. He gonna want to get out of here. <laughs> what? That's all I was winning. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I, I get your illustration though, but I'll take that. Uh, Derek, what you think? Um, how long will the XFL last? Uh, I think I want to hold off for about two or three weeks. I watched every game so far, and uh, the first game was. You know what I mean? A little spotty. The last two games have actually been pretty good. So, you know what I mean? As a person who liked real football, like I didn't like the whatever that crap was that Jim McMahon had put out the first time where they got to go wrestle for the ball and all of that crap. That wasn't football. This right here, this actually looked like football. You got some pretty decent dudes, like that cat uh, Walker, the quarterback for Houston yesterday, like he looked like a legit football player. So, I think I'll hold judgment to see how long they last. Honestly, I actually hope they last longer than people are expecting them to, just because I feel like the uh, the NFL is kind of like, well, this is our game. We're going to do what we want. And if you don't like it, you just ain't got no other option. So I kind of like having options. So I hope they make it. If I was a betting man, I'd probably say year three. But the other thing is, unlike the A, what was it, the AFL, the AAF, yeah. whatever that was last mm-hmm. year, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The guy that is running this league has like a half trillion dollar surplus or something with money. Like he ain't gonna run out of money no time soon to finance his league. So I think it's, it's just like uh, Walter said. I think it on. Say again. He's expected to lose three hundred million. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm not, I got to lose money to make money. Like I said, it, it's already. Uh, I think Walter hit it right on the head. I think Walter uh, made the best point is the viewership. You depending on how people watch it, it depends on how well it does. If people actually tune in and watch, to me, I would have lost it a little bit later. Like you gave it to everybody right after the Super Bowl, and nobody's had football withdrawal yet. I would have waited. You know what I mean? Maybe a month or two and then did it and seen if that did it a little bit better, but we'll see. Three hundred million, Lou, already? Within I think the next well, not this year, but within the next uh, three years, he's expected to lose that much money. This league is not gonna make it past its first year. I mean nobody wants to see a bunch oh. of has beens and nobodies who are not gonna be the NFL uh play the game. Except me a few a few diehard football fans who need their fix. But other than that, this league is going to go, is going to collapse by the time the season's over. I mean, it could be another AAF where they might even finish the season. I think it was the first commercial yesterday. Well, Luke, can I, yeah, I, watch. I can give you one contradiction to that, Luke. This was the first year in four years that the Super Bowl had a high rating. And that's because people are losing interest in the NFL because it's like you're giving us the same thing every year. So I'm not necessarily so sure that they're going to do bad because I'm going to tell you the truth. I watch the game. I kind of like it. I like the pace of it. They get in. They do what they're going to do. You ain't got a million flags. It ain't uh, 16 reviews a game that take 20 minutes. It's football. You go out, you play football, the refs screw up. Hey, keep it rolling, and you keep going. Mm, okay. uh, there was a, there was a little uh... – 
problem today with one of the games with a flag being called. Well, I mean, that's that's to be expected. But overall, from what I've seen, because I've watched all the games, overall, from what I've seen, they've been pretty smooth. It's a lot I've of rough, three or four. I think it'll improve. Then it only it's only eight teams in this league, right? So they're only going to have that's only right. four four games a week. Okay, yeah, it's only eight teams, so they only have four games right. a week. Um, hey, I would just take a totally different spin on this than you guys. It's ten teams, okay. Um, what no, it's only eight. It's only eight. What I would like to see is that it, I would like to see them give the young kids in high school that do have the that that potential to play uh, professional football, give them the option to go there and make money and uh, play football instead of going to college. I would like to see that option happen. I think the league could definitely survive or at least give itself an opportunity to be successful if they do that. That that would be the direction I would like to see it go in. Because I would like to see the I would like to see the I like to see pressure put on the colleges instead of them being the monopoly for the amateur level or the semi-pro level or the or the level that's right below the NFL. I would like to see them put I would like pressure put on them. So the product would have to be give us what the fans want, and most of the fans, majority of the fans, want a real playoff. And I think if you I think if those kids had that option and they can go play in the XFL. I think that'll put pressure on uh, Mark Emery and, uh, and those guys up at the NCAA office and all the conference commissioners of the Power Five conferences. That's what I would like. That's what I would. That's the only reason why I would hope the XFL works. I don't like the springtime football stuff, but hey, it is what it is. But if it gives it another, if it gives the kids an additional option besides going to college and getting paid, hey, I'm with it. Because the colleges ain't gonna pay them no time soon. Real money anyway. At least they getting a good, hefty, a good salary to play professional football. Because that's what college, Division One college football is anyway. Just a just a professional level below the NFL. It's just the NFL farm system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, yeah, that's why I would like to see it work. But do you think? Mm-hmm? Do you think though it will play a part in affecting the quality of the product, uh, especially when you're talking about being able to tackle? When you're talking about being able to, you know, have the high level of quality of attention to detail, I, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting with, you know, with the whole now with the NBA allowing high school players to come. I heard, I think Jay Billis say either last night or sometime last week where he was saying now that you have the G League as a developmental league, it's an option now where players don't have to kind of do the one and done thing and the true college players who want to come to college will come, yeah. but the ones who just the one and done, you know, they can just go there. But it's almost like they're banking on the G League to be there to help to develop them. You, you don't think it's going to affect the quality of the play if you end up opening that that avenue? My my only take. Yeah, you go first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I go after you. Yeah, my only take on that, Walter, would be this: um, only certain guys are going to get that opportunity. I'm look, I'm in, and in my mind, I'm thinking of a Adrian Peterson. I'm thinking of Orlando Pace. I'm thinking of a Marvin Shadtree Jones. I'm thinking of guys who were just physical marvels when they left high school. I ain't talking about just no average four-star guy. I don't think okay. that. I don't think GMs and 
in the XFL or true pro guys, because I see Pepper Johnson in the league. I see Jerry Glanville in the league. I see a couple of other guys that are true pro guys, been in the NFL, got a lot of NFL experience, Pep Hamilton, and those type of guys. I think they'll be able to recognize whether a kid could have the opportunity to compete. Do I expect them to come in and dominate against grown men and their physical strength is up? No. But I think there are truly certain – there are truly certain high school guys I think can make that jump, and those names that I mentioned are just a few examples um, that mm-hmm. I think if that was an option for them, they have been able to do it. Uh, go ahead, D. Not only that, um, you're seeing you're seeing another trend that nobody really talks about a bunch, but um, a lot of kids that don't want to go to college aren't even considering the D League. They're going to Australia. They're going to all these other places. Mm-hmm. Because you can get first-class training and first-class facilities to develop your skills at an earlier age and not have to worry about going to class because that ain't what you want to do anyway. So, to me, if if it's done properly and, you know I mean, you have to temper the expectations, make it known that, listen, this is a developmental league. They're NBA D-League teams. Exactly. They have dudes that are going to never make it to the NBA. But Mm -hmm. they're sharpening their skills enough to get big contracts overseas, and they do all of this stuff. People have to remember the NFL is not the only football league in the world. You have football leagues in China. You got the CFL. You have football leagues in, in Canada. Yeah, you have all of this other mm-hmm. stuff. So just because they go and they don't pan out in the NFL, if, they've, if they're given the opportunity to develop themselves in a professional environment, even if they don't make it to the league, they're prepared to go out other places. And then the other thing is they have these dudes go to college, and they don't even finish with a degree. They just went to play football. That's the sad part. Is over, then what? Yeah. So at least yeah. that way you set yourself up and you learn to function in a professional environment. If you don't make it in, in football, you have a different kind of foundation than the average kid that just went to college. So I mm. think it's okay. a good idea. I think it could be really good if it's managed properly and the expectations are proper and everybody don't come out thinking they finna see an NFL game because that's not what you want to see. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. I, I see. I see the value in what you're saying there for sure. Especially if it's going to give that player um, that level of, of of experience and life lessons. Most importantly, uh, I see the value in what you're saying. All right. Since I got a bunch of I got a bunch of intellects on the hook with me, so I want to ask you guys this question, and. Uh, I want to know, what do you guys think about Gail King's uh, interview with Lisa Leslie and her bringing up the uh, missteps of Kobe Bryant um, <laughs> during that interview? So okay. I want to start with you, Lou. What, do you, what did you think about Gail King's question, question to Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant? Actually, I didn't get a chance to see it. Okay. Can you can you hey, uh, what about you? Because I've been seeing I've been seeing bits and pieces on the internet, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to even give you the viewership of the video uh, of the stupidity of of what I'm hearing that this person said. So just kind of educate me from that, because you know one of the things I'm learning from, you know, from guys like you. Will and Lou and you know now being in YouTube and I see certain things and I'm saying okay if, if what this is telling me is you just said something stupid why do I even want to give you the viewership of it that was sort of my, my mindset of it uh-huh. 
my man. I like that, that is that is that is that that's legit. But here's 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 what she said. I'm gonna try to be as close to accurate as possible because I don't want to misrepresent her, Gail King. Um, Gail King asked the question in regards: Do you think Lisa Leslie? She's talking to a woman, a former WNBA player, that his legacy is uh, complicated. Because of the dismiss, she used this word. She said his mm-hmm. dismiss court case uh, in 2003. Did you have a problem with that as a woman? That was the question she asked at Lisa Leslie. Now she asked a follow-up question in regards to, I think, something personal. Or she made a statement. It wasn't more like a question. It was more of a statement. And then her third question was more like, well, the case was dismissed. And uh, basically, he was exonerated. And plus, I I don't. And she said this, you know, is it inappropriate to be asking this question at this time? She even thought that out loud and said it. So that is that is where what she said. I I, I can tell you what she said. I can't. I can. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I can tell you. Go ahead. I can tell you. What she, what she asked her first was was it complicated for her? Um, right. To, Temper her emotions based on the fact that he had a rape case in Colorado early in his career that was dismissed. What Lisa Leslie mm-hmm. tried to do was deflect the, the question and say, well, you know, no, it's not complicated for me at all. Kobe Bryant was my friend, and I've known him for a long time. She, she basically explained that we've been lots of places, and there have been lots of women. Mm-hmm. was never one of those people that would say, hey, I'm Kobe Bryant. Go over and get that girl. And she was like, that's yeah. not who he was. Gail King's issue was she kept digging. Her next question was, "Well, did you ever see anything that would suggest that he's mm-hmm. that kind of person?" And mm. what Lisa Leslie told her was, "What I would have told her: This this man was alive for almost 15 years after this happened. Any question that you wanted, you've seen him. They have pictures of you. You could have asked him at any time. Then her next question was um, something like, you know, well." What do you think about it? Because the case was dismissed. And she basically told her, listen, I haven't seen anything like that, that even said that he would ever try to violate a woman. And Gail King's remark, and I quote, was, well, you wouldn't see it. You're his friend. So I watched it. I watched it like three four times. I did. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my personal opinion on it is I thought it was garbage. And I'm giving you a really good reason why I feel that way. We've had a bunch okay. of high-profile cases in the last year of all kinds of celebrities. You got R. Kelly, you got Bill Cosby, you got Russell Simmons, you got Harvey Weinstein, you got the Epstein guy that had the island. You had all of these high-profile things come up in the last year. I've never, aside from Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, and Russell Simmons, I've never heard Gail King or any other journalist, for that matter, try to dig into Harvey Weinstein. I haven't heard them try to dig into Mr. Epstein, the guy that the judge even said, y'all ain't allowed to talk about this. My issue was, if somebody else was going to ask that question, that would have been cool. I'm just keeping real. This is just how I felt. I felt like Gail King should have knew better because of what Kobe Bryant meant to so many people. Not only that, he was exonerated. Listen, it don't matter why he was exonerated. If the girl didn't want to testify, I remember that case. And when they went to check her, there was like four guys' DNA on her or in her underwear or somewhere on her body, which means everybody knows what she was at the hotel doing. Let's get that out of the way. 
I'm not I'm not bad talking her. These are the facts. You can go back and find the facts. So the fact okay. that, that was what was going on that day. And he was the one that got snatched out of me like, oh, he did A, B, or C to me. Everybody knows what a money grab is. All of us know what this is, so let's try not try to act like it was. And whatever he had to pay her, there have been a lot of rich people that have paid people to go away. I just didn't like the fact that she asked the question. When you could have asked him just like she said, why he was alive, but you didn't. You've been to personal events with him. You've been everywhere with him. If you want to know, ask him then. Don't wait till he's dead and then try to sully his reputation by asking a question that all of us know right. is not a good time to ask this question. He have girls that weren't even alive when that happened. You're bringing up stuff that they may not even know anything about, but you don't care about that because you're a journalist. Well, this is one time being a journalist and being Oprah's friend cannot help you. I, I, she getting everything she should get right now. Mm. Whoa, she's getting death, death threats. She's getting, she's, she's getting, but she's getting death threats. That's okay. part I don't agree with, but all the backlash and all the mm-hmm. negative feedback that she's getting, she earned that because I just can't see I can't see you asking that same line of questioning to a white person. I just can't. I, I don't mean to be rude, but I don't see you doing that. There's there's so much stuff that has been going on in the last year that it has been kind of hush-hush. Nobody's talking about this stuff. But with him and with a couple of other influential white people, it's all over the news. I don't like that. If we're going to do it, let's be fair. Let's be fair all the way. Well, let me ask you a let me ask you this question, D. Let me ask you this question. Yep. Now, Kobe Bryant, that situation, whatever it was, I don't want to relitigate that case, whatever that situation mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. it still was a part of his past, and it's still a part right. of what happened he had to go through. Now, I, I'm with you with the sensitivity of the situation because people mm-hmm. are still grieving, and people don't want to hear uh-huh. nothing negative about Kobe Bryant in regards to that matter. But my whole thing is she's a journalist. You said it yourself. She answers to bosses. Right. Now, right. she came out She came out with this bogus apology. Well, let me not say that because a woman could have been sincere. She came out with this apology. <laughs> Or she came, or she came out with her explanation and saying she didn't mean to go that way. The interview was clipped, and now she's got to have a conversation with the network people. I ain't believe none of that because I'm like, no, she didn't. You work for CBS. CBS don't work for you. That's two different things. So right. my whole thing about this, and I'm I'm asking you, although the question was insensitive, and had it been someone of another color asking that question. Would the outrage be the same? That's my question to you, Derek. I don't think it would have been as great, but I still think it it would have caused a problem. This is why I feel like it would have caused a problem. I know people who are journalists, and one thing Mm -hmm. that I know that they do a lot of times, they have their questions vetted before they ask it. They vetted Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the network, and they vet Mm -hmm. those questions with the person that they are getting ready to interview. And you can tell that that question hadn't been posed to Lisa Lindsay. She didn't know. She didn't tell with her yeah. change. This was one of those, I'm going to spring this question on you, and I'm going to see how you react. Not only that, I think it would have been okay if she had asked the first question and left it like that. But the fact that she kept digging, and it was like she was trying to get her to say something bad. Well, what do you think about this? What about this? Well, you wouldn't see it. You're his friend. It was like, basically, to me, it came off like, well, the only reason he didn't go to jail. That was over the top. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, it was like you just you were just you just weren't gonna let it go, and I think that's what pissed people off. Yeah. The fact you were just you were gonna see the knife and just turn it in as far as you could go until this interview was over. Now she was mad at the network, but you can't be mad at the network because even though you say they clipped it, you stayed on that subject for almost three minutes. You you just weren't gonna let that subject go. That's not the network fault. That's your fault. Right. 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 That's your fault. Right. I know the good example of that, and what I mean is this: um, uh, about the middle, maybe probably the, the first quarter of last year. Does everybody remember the thing with Russell Simmons? Everybody remember that? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Now mm-hmm. this is the thing I want everybody to understand why I say it like like I'm saying it. When that happened, Oprah dove head first into Russell Simmons. She did until he issued her a warning and basically said, "Back off before I." Let the cat out of the bag. Now, after that, you didn't hear anything. But it wasn't, it wasn't his warning. It wasn't his warning, D. Let's be honest. That got her to back off. Well, it was some other people's well, warning that got her to back right. off. Right. But, but what, what I'm saying, what I'm mm-hmm. saying is, they had to warn you that listen, there's a lot right. of going on out here. Why are you, why are you jumping mm-hmm. on? Yeah, that's basically how it came off. And the thing that I've noticed, and some people might not agree with me, so I might not. When it comes to men of color, we usually get the brunt of the force when we do anything wrong. And everybody else kind of gets that, you know, that skirted past. Now, whether it's right or it's wrong, that's not for me to judge. I don't really care. It's just the facts. I only talk about what I see. It ain't, this ain't even a personal opinion. This is just what I see. Well, let's welcome in Mr. Mike Walker. He joined the conversation, and him and his opinionated self, and he's been mighty quiet. And I know he got something to add to this. What's up, Mike? Oh, how you, Good evening, how y'all Mike. Doing? Yeah, I've been I've been listening to this thing all all weekend long, man. Gail Gail stuck her foot in her mouth. That's number one. She stuck her foot in her mouth. And the, and the thing is. It's just like Jerry said, when she asked the question the first time and she got an answer, if she had left it alone, everything would have been smooth. Nobody, mm-hmm. I don't think the outrage would have been, been but she, she asked the other But then when she told the lady that you wouldn't be able to see it, it felt like she was calling that was a it. lie. A lie. Yeah, that's the point. That that's the that's the part that made it that's the part that made it really like really Gail you gonna go because see I didn't have a problem with her asking tough questions and I agree with you Derek you you are you are supposed to vet those questions with um, the person you're interviewing and I agree with you it did look like that question came out of nowhere like Lisa was like look I'm about to take this mic off I'm done because <laughs> you ain't, you ain't for to go there you know this man just passed away in a tragic accident so. That that looked like it caught Lisa Leslie off guard, but that that statement of you wouldn't know, yeah. I mean, or how would you know, or something like that, that was just a little bit over the top. But mm-hmm. we're journalists asking tough questions, whether they talking black to black, black to white, white to white, Latino to Latino. I'm with journalists asking tough questions because at the end of the day, although it's although it's badness and sensitive, oh CBS ate that thing up. They ate it up. Because it's a business to them. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, and she she tried to, then she comes back and tried, oh, they, 
What way? Yes, you do. Cause you 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 see you probably watch watch the interview over and over again, and, and you thought you did a great job. You were patting yourself on. She the did. Well, she must. I I I think it would fear. I think it would fear any of us, Mike, if we got death threats behind it now. I think that would get. I think all. I think any of us would be like, whoa. No, it's not. No, I don't think anybody should give a death threat. I have, I don't agree with that. No, but, of course not. But, but, yeah, but that's when just you foolishness. Do, when you do some disrespectful thing, it, like Snoop Dogg was saying, it, it's about the, his wife and his kids. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, let me, let me say this. Let me right. say this. You brought up Snoop Dogg. Let me say this. Snoop Dogg's response to me was unnecessary. Now that was unnecessary. That may have been that may have been his friend, and Snoop Dogg may have some kind of uh, allegiance to L.A. You know, that's the area he's from and stuff like that. But to me, that's over the top. That was over the top. I was like, now if, if I if I would have got an articulate and intelligent response the way Derek just gave it, I'd have been cool with it. But the way Snoop Dogg came at her, the way. Matt Barnes and everybody like we ain't gonna let you destroy Kobe legacy and all of these type of things. Okay, you can leave it there, but all this other stuff, come on, man. Let's not let's let's remember at the end of the day, the lady's still a journalist. She's still a journalist. Let's remember that, and she's still, you know, she don't deserve the death threats. I'm sorry, I don't agree with the death threats. Uh, that to me is just that's that's unnecessary. She's just doing she's doing her job, and that's not that wasn't on the own network or Oprah Winfrey network. That was on CBS. It was on the CBS network. That lady got bosses. You know what I'm saying? So that's not at You know, I get it. She has. She she still has a job to do. And there she she you got. Don't forget, she was the one that interviewed R. Kelly. <laughs> she was she was that she was the one they sent this. You know. Lord, let me ask you this. So you think the bosses at CBS told her to ask that question? No. I do. But I bet you they didn't have a. I do. I bet you they didn't have a problem with it, though. I bet you they didn't. Well, you know what? I agree with Derek. They probably said, if you're going to talk about – yeah, I agree with D. D, I just thought about it. If you're going to go talk to her about Kobe, you might, you might, you're going to have to bring up the case. You might want to ask her a question or get her, or get her feelings and thoughts about the case. So I agree with you, Derek. I just changed my mind when you said that. I, they probably did tell her, say, hey, you know, you got to bring up that case. Or so ask a question about it and, and, and that, something like that. Right, and I think based, I'm sorry, but based on what you're saying and how the line of questioning it went, and based on what D has kind of explained, if if it was just supposed to be one or two questions, and you know Gail not being sensitive to the overall picture, um, I think you know she definitely owes an, a, a, a sincere apology, not so much into. Matt Barnes or to Snoop Dogg or to any of Kobe's fans, but she certainly owes an apology to Vanessa and his children um, because she allowed she allowed the situation to deteriorate into something that it never really should have been. Because one of the things that I've really starting to really learn more about Kobe now is I've been watching videos of how he was really getting behind the WNBA and how he was really getting around behind behind women in terms of being able to make headway in, in just in sports and, and other things. And I give you a case in point. There was an interview about the the Sacramento Kings um, 
um, assistant coach. I can't think of her name at this moment, um, but she was um, being interviewed, and she was Kobe was basically saying, "How are they treating you? How you know what's what's going on?" And he was really taking a serious interest in her about how she was being given opportunities. And and I was hearing this consistent theme about him, uh, about how he was doing this with women. And and he and he said the genesis of this basically to sum this up was because he had four girls, he had daughters, and it mm-hmm. really changed his perspective. And so my point is, we can do certain things in our life as men, in like a, a Colorado type situation, or a, a Ray Rice situation. But then when you end up having daughters, if you are sincerely repentant and you are sincerely trying to change your ways, you know, uh, you're going to be able to, to move forward from that stuff and become a, a much better person because having daughters can really change your perspective. And that's not to say that having boys can't, but just knowing firsthand me having a daughter and how my daughter has really changed my outlook and my perspective perspective on how women should be treated, it, 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 it I can certainly understand you know, how Kobe has really changed. I, I really can. Unfortunately, she seems like she just, she she allowed the interview go, to go to a place it didn't really need to go to. Can I can I add on to what Walter just said? This is the other thing. Go ahead. We, we, were, all, we were all young. All of us were 21, 22, right. 23 at one point. And all of us have done stuff at those ages that you look at yourself now and be like, what was wrong with you? We've all <laughs> just like just like Walter said, you're allowed to you're allowed to change and grow. My issue with the whole thing was we haven't heard anything about any of this stuff for years. For years. And like just like he said, you're finding out more and more about all the people and all the things that this dude was doing, all the people he was mentoring, all the people that he was helping, all the education he had been paying for, all of this stuff. But that's most of the stuff you don't hear about on mainstream TV. You hear about it, you know what I mean, through secondary outlets and stuff right. like that. And that's why I had the biggest problem with it because in my mind, I'm like, all the other things that this guy had going on, that's what you decided to focus on the most in your interview. To me, that that just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense, even as a journalist. Even as a journalist, the fact that you decided to go at the most negative point in his whole life instead of all the other things, less than two weeks after this man had died, was a completely insensitive way to handle that. If you were going to do it, listen, ask the nice questions now. Ask the tough, ask the tough questions two months from now. Mm-hmm. Give everybody a chance to absorb what just happened. Nine people right. just died. Not not one, not two, nine. A mom, a family lost. Yeah. You know what I mean, one little girl lost her whole family. Mama, daddy, and his daughter. Kobe's wife and her kids lost their dad and their sister at the same time. Sometimes you just, just like Grandma used to say, sometimes you just have to know when to say this just ain't a good time. And just right. leave it alone. I don't care what your profession is. And the fact that they don't, the fact that they treat people like we're just numbers and, and you know what I mean, or whatever you want to call us, just it irked the heck out of me. It, it, ain't, it ain't nothing new. It just it bugged the heck out of me. And I understand. I understand what Will was saying when he was saying that Snoop's dog, Snoop Dogg's response was um, unnecessary. 
and I'm not defending Snoop Dogg at right. all. The only thing that I would say is if if one of us had done something, you know what I mean, kind of sketchy in our past, and let's just say something happened to me, the last thing that Will, Mike, Zach, or anybody that knows me personally and knows what kind of person I, I am would want to hear anything about is one thing that I might have done. Not something that you can prove I did, something that I might have done. So I can understand his response. Because people forget them dudes were friends for like 16 years. You know what I mean? Snoop Dogg gave him his retirement card. That that 64 custom painted, you know what I mean? That was a personal gift from a personal friend who hung out and spent time with him, who went to charity events and who uh, whose football leagues Kobe was a regular at. So I, I, I'm not excusing his response. I just understand it. That's, 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 I'm not, that's not a problem with me. I mean, his passion is okay. The way he articulated his passion is bothered me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I, I need you. I need you to take some of the hood. I need you to take some of that hood at you. And just, I mean, well, I get it. He was in pain, but I, I, I mean, right. it's just, that's what that's just what rubbed me the wrong way. Like I said, if the argument would have been articulated the way you did, and you gave it to, you know, it'd been say, hey, why are you asking this question now? You had all these other chances, you know what I'm saying? I get it, but yeah. all other things he yeah. had to go with that lady with. I was like, oh man, we get it. We, you hurt, you upset, but that's not take it there. You know what I'm saying? Because went back to nine to five. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, you know, not hearing, not hearing Snoop's, re- hearing Snoop's response, but I would say, you know, our level of maturity uh, will be exposed in the most painful situations in our lives. Or Say it again, lives. somebody. We Say it again, somebody. So <laughs> you, I. Not hearing what Snoop said. I mean, I've kind of listened to a couple of Matt Barnes uh, podcast shows that he's been doing with Steven Jackson. And so I'm not surprised in terms of his response, how he, but when we go through things and and like I was, you know, I told some of you, when I learned that Kobe had, had passed, I had just got to finish preaching. And when my wife and my daughter shared it with me, you know, here I'm sharing and encouraging people, and the first response, my first reaction was, "Lord, no, this this can't be. This, this is wrong. I, this, mm-hmm. you know, I was yeah. the complete opposite of saying you've got to trust God, and we're gonna because it, in the moment of that, it, it, it when when someone hits you with news like that or the poor journalism presentation of what you're saying, Gail Kim King did here. Um, she didn't do herself no favors at all, and I'm just no. hoping at some point she will come back and give. Like I said, she don't need to give an apology to the viewers. I think she owes a heart to heart apology to um to Vanessa and the children and to the other victims, uh, but in particular Vanessa and 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 to the family to give a heart to heart apologies and say, hey, look, this. Like you said, those questions had to be vetted. At least one or two of them had to be vetted. But then when she, you know, like I said, I I, I didn't even want to give it the viewership uh, of it. I was like, you know what? If you did do this and, and people are pissed, you're going to have to clean up your mess. The same way people tell us yeah. as men, you made, up the, you made the mess, now go fix it. Go clean it. You know, mm. you, go, you go clean it. Clean it up. 
Here's a mop. Here's a bucket. Get down on your knees. Here's a sponge. Here's the stain. Or get a toothbrush. Get the scrubbing. I'm going to have to be careful when I say that Gail King need to get on her knees because I got female listeners and they don't like that reference. All right, Mike, what were you going to say? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you were saying. I, I know what you were saying. I just I like to just throw humor in there now and then. Go ahead, Mike. You, you know how passionate I can get about a topic. So, yeah. So, I, so I, I, I understand seeing where Snoop Dogg was coming from. I know. know like, I know you do. So, so, so I, 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 I can relate to like where, where my, when my, my former coach got let go from a, from a, from a, mm-hmm. from a job that you know that, that I personally, I, I, I'm, I love Florida State. I, I just, that's, that's, that's my, that's my school. That's my, and when mm-hmm. things go wrong, wrong or or something like, and see, I was I talked about Florida State pretty bad myself when they when they released um, really tired. But now, but but now you all nice and cozy with the next the next guy. You a traitor? You a traitor? No, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I, no, um, you are a traitor. I, I am loyal to Florida State. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> Whoever get in that seat and sit in that seat. I know. That what what did I tell you? What did I tell you? I wanna I wanna refresh your memory. When he got hired, you said, I I ain't gonna give him no chance. I you said all that stuff. I said, Yes you are. Yes you are. Cause you love you love you love you love that you love Florida State more than you love Willie Taggart. Point blank period. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That that was a hard pill to swallow at that point in time. But but when you but they were once you once you uh, if you're passionate about something, if you feel like someone's done something to someone that you care about, yeah. Mike, when, when you start, you you know you preach it. You know. These people, the, the, yeah, most of these people on this phone, Louis, Louis, Louis may not know you, but Derek and I know you, and you guys know me. Now you know if I'm passionate about something, my mouth is going to run. I may have handled a situation like about like the way Snoop Dogg did, especially if one of you two cats said, you know, I know personally, and then somebody came at you guys or somebody said something derogatory, and you guys are going, I probably would have responded like that. I probably would have because of my 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 personal feelings and my passion about the situation. But I'm gonna say this. I'm just saying this for me, in regards to the way Snoop Dogg handled it. It just didn't work for me. Now, and the more, more, and mostly is because I don't know Kobe Bryant personally. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so sad about the tragedy that happened about everybody that was on that helicopter. But my emotional level isn't at the level of Snoop Dogg. So what he said is, hey, that's the way he handled it. But I would have preferred. If it would have been, maybe we can get Michael Eric Dyson as the person that responds to Gail King and I Snoop Dogg. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> can I get, can I get an articulate can I get an articulate argument and not a profanity lace one? That's all I'm saying. Uh, right. Uh, right. Uh, um, the other lady, what Susan? Susan? What a, Susan? What's the lady name? Now she came. Mm-hmm. Now she yeah. Now she saying oh, this now. Uh, she, she came out and He's talking about Susan Rice. He's talking about Susan Rice. Yeah. 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 Susan Rice. Mm-hmm. Now, 
What's the difference? She was responding to the death threat. She was responding to the she was responding to the death threats that she that, that Gail King had gotten death threats. Okay, okay, well then. No, I know I know he didn't. I know he didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna use the same thing that that we've been saying. Uh, two wrongs don't make a right. So she's going to well, we're gonna have the army come after you. No, wait a minute. So what? What you did? You just threatened him. I didn't say she was right. I just said what she was. I just said she was. She was responding to. I didn't say she was right. She's just as wrong. Now she's way wrong because she 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 brought in army. She's way wrong with that because it really escalated to that point. And that. It, see, it's just a way to see. Sometimes cooler heads gotta prevail, like like Walter said and like he right. said. Sometimes cooler heads right. gotta prevail. And and, right. and, and let me Ooh. say, that. I, I would like to say this one thing about everybody, mm-hmm. about America, really in general. I think that people in America are so desensitized to how everybody else feels, and everybody feels like they're privileged to your information. It's my right. That is. Everything mm-hmm. I really think that mm-hmm. take a good look at yourself and learn to understand to respect people's individuality and their privacy, especially when something bad happens. When my when my mm-hmm. dad died, I ain't talked to nobody, and you know, I mean that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't have a good conversation with my wife for a while because I had to process what was going on. It took me months. You know, what I mean, Will, you you work with us? I wasn't I right. was the same for. Six months. It took me a while. Like I had a breakdown in the parking lot one day that I never told anybody but my wife about. You know what I mean? So you have to give these mm-hmm. people time, but everybody always feel like, well, I want to talk to you about this, and I, and people don't want to talk about it. Like nobody wants to stand mm-hmm. in front of the camera and talk about a friend who has had memories and stuff with him that you will never know about. So I think that's that's a bigger issue is the feeling of entitlement that I'm just entitled to your feelings, I'm entitled to your emotions, I'm entitled to everything about your life, even if you don't want to tell me. And you we know who's a good example of that, Dean? If I may, uh-huh. you know who's a good example yeah. of that right now? Who is the one person in all of this in this tragic situation? Who is the one person? And correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Who is the one person we have not heard from yet regarding the passing of Kobe and, and his wife? Other eight his, his wife. wife. Why? No, no, no. Not his wife. No, his parents. His parents. His parents. Oh, his parents. No. Who? No. Who else? His other daughters. Phil Jackson. Oh. Oh yeah. You know what? You're right. I haven't seen Phil at all. I will send you guys a link that I just watched one of Kobe's last interviews, and he was talking about his relationship with Phil and how he was very instrumental in being such a father figure and how it just helped him from this next phase of Kobe's life uh, that he was embarking on. And the mm-hmm. level – and see, the media was eating this whole thing up with Phil and – Kobe and Shaq and, and he said he said Phil was doing this stuff on purpose. He knew exactly what he was doing. But he said the impact it had upon him as a man, as a business leader, as a father, as a husband. And if you notice I mean check the internet. I could I haven't heard him on ESPN. I haven't heard him on Fox. Uh, I haven't heard him on C you haven't heard from Phil Jackson. Quote Kobe Ryan said Phil Jackson was a father figure to him. 
That's real. You're, you're right. I haven't heard nothing from Phil Jackson either. I haven't, I haven't seen a quote or anything from Phil Jackson. I've heard from everybody else. He, he right after it first happened, he put some out on on Twitter. He did do that about the loss of Kobe. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to find. Okay. Okay. Well, that. Well, I could be wrong, but in terms of being entitled, sharing information, um, you know. It, 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 it reminded me of the whole thing with TMZ and they knowing it was Kobe's helicopter and everything. And I'm like, you know. Right, we, right. We Before his about, wife what, found out on TMZ. What kind right, of crap you, is that? You know, oh, you talking about know. some some Princess Diana, Diana nonsense now, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm, Remember that. You know, but. Uh, uh, TMZ, I wouldn't, I, I would not. I mean, if they're involved in any type You know, that's the thing that uh, got that me uh, confused at first. Because, like, how trustworthy can TMZ be? Because they're just a ragbag version of, you know, of a magazine. Like, you know, like a tabloid. So I didn't really believe them at first when it came from that. And I also heard from another uh, source that doesn't cover uh, news. It was on a music station. But then when I got home from uh, from, a, from from a trip, um, I heard on CNN and, and Fox, like, Oh boy, this really is happening. I was just like completely devastated. Yeah, TMZ is a piece of crap. It is. For the way they handle, the way they do business. Yeah, they are. They are a true. They do business. True piece of crap. They do business, Shady. But let's talk about something. In in, in the, let's talk about the NBA All Star Game. You know, every player is going to be winning right. either the number two or number twenty four. Uh, the number two is for his daughter. Um, Gigi, uh, Gianna, Gigi Bryant, and of course, 24 is for uh, Kobe. All right, but anyway, they went to this picking thing. They do this now. They get uh, players from each conference. I don't like it. I wish they just east, west, or whatever. I just want to ask you guys, what do you think about the all-star format? It's more like a playground for, format. What do you guys think about it? I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. I do. I like it. The only reason why I say I like it is because you get to you get to play with guys that you probably you know what I mean, a list free agency hit and y'all just happen to make it work. You get to play with guys that you probably never get to play with in your whole career. Hmm. I mean that's I, the I, only see, I like it. I, I see okay. the value in that I do. Um again, unfortunately because of the tragic events of Kobe, I was done with the All Star. Game. I wasn't even. I wasn't even planning to watch All Star Weekend. It, it, it to me last year it hit rock bottom. Um, yeah. It hit rock bottom, and so <laughs> only out of the simple fact of what my eyes want to see what they're going to do in honoring Kobe this year, um, I really don't have any intentions. I, unless they do some some serious overhaul with this thing. Um, I really have no intentions of watching the All Star Weekend thing anymore. What, what, what just, is your what is your what is your problem with All Star Weekend? Uh, one, the the dunk contest. Um, mm-hmm. Regardless, if you're going to have the type of players that you have, you got to take that out of the main event or the the main attraction part. That should be reserved for the mm. two point shooters because that's that's what people do now, right? You, you okay. have your in-game, but 
But when you look at overall, the Houston Rockets will tell you that they're not doing dunking. Russell may maybe get a couple of dunks here, <laughs> but, but the the main course is three points. So three pointers needs to be the main event, if you will, for Saturday. You put the skills challenge probably before that, and then you can start the All Star Weekend thing with the dunk contest. You know, start build build it up, and the three point shootout has showed you that hey, it can get people standing on their feet uh, to the very end, and so. If they're not willing to change that part, the Celebrity Friday stuff, it is what it is on Friday. Um, and then, you know, the games themselves, um, you know, I see the benefit of you wanting to put certain players with certain players. Yeah, I think you need to turn it into um, the best All-Stars of the NBA, best, the best All-Stars of the world. Okay, I like. Oh, that. the Americans versus the, the Americans versus the world. Oh, wow. I like. Yeah. That. Okay. The world, gonna, the world gonna smoke America every time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, because yeah, they, the <laughs> they got Giannis and Joel. They got Joel. You got Luca. You got Pascal. Ben Simmons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do it that way, and then okay. And then look at that and say, okay, whatever you need to tweak, tweak. Then maybe you want to do, you know, the the skills challenge or the three-point challenge next year, the world versus the NBA star shooting players. So that means one bracket is going to be the world players who shoot three-pointers. And I'll take it a step further. Maybe to kind of encourage college players, that are, you know, who've been there their second or third or fourth year that are not the one and done. You know how they kind of do their own dunk version and their own three-point thing? Invite them into it. Hmm. Listen, I, this is going to be so not sad when I say this, but I absolutely agree with everything he just said. <laughs> Dude, we got oh, the White wow. Howard in the dunk contest this year. The White Howard is 33. No. No. No, 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 If we ain't got not some of the best players, that's what made the dunk contest awesome. Jordan used to participate in the dunk contest, even Kobe. The only thing I'm mad about is LeBron never did it. Never. Not once. He doesn't want to fail. Like we don't have He doesn't want to fail. So why do it? That's so stupid. Uh, he, he, he's just, that's just. No, well, Zion, the Pelicans are not letting that happen. The Pelicans are like, uh-uh, you just, uh, no, no, no. Maybe next year when your knee's stronger, but the Pelicans ain't playing that game. They're like, uh-uh. But listen, man, you got, you got John Morant. You got, you got a lot of dudes mm-hmm. who can really do it. And, like, y'all gave us, like, a box of dudes that nobody even know about. To play, it was like y'all shoot the box and were like, "Oh, we pulled this one out. Okay, he's gonna do it." I ain't watch the tape on that. I'm with him. I think you should do it in the exact same order he called it. That's that's a perfect setup for me. Yeah, the two the two time defending dunk champion is shooting in the three point contest. Zach Levine shooting in the three point contest. He's not even dunking. <laughs> exact point. You don't think those college players that's been there like the third or fourth year that you know maybe they may not go to the pros. 
But if you give them an invitation, I'm be honest with you. I would be honest with you. If they're in college, if they're in college three or four years, they're not NBA level. No, no. And, and but that, I think that's, that's what you're saying. True, I think that's what saying. Give them an opportunity dunking. to at least get out there and show what they what they can do. To oh, okay. Life. I see. All so right. Okay. Even maybe some I, of the skill competition. About, right. Let them do mm-hmm. skills competition. Let them do the dunk oh, okay. competition. Let them do the three point shootout. Let me tell you. Yeah, but nobody knows college. But nobody knows college players nowadays, Walter. Nobody knows who college who the college players are. After Zion left college football, I mean college basketball just went down. Who knows any college basketball players nowadays? You know the teams, but do you know any of the players? Right. I know some of the girls. Around and you got Devin Booker. <laughs> you using him a Joe, a Joe Harris in the fi- in the finals yeah. of a three point shootout with a college player. You know how much pressure that's going to put on you if you lose against oh, that guy. Oh man. Yeah, that, right. yeah. You can't lose. You can't lose to. Lou, you say you. I heard you say it's not. Lou said it's not true when I said nobody. There's if a college player is in college for three or four years, he's not NBA caliber. You said that's not true. Why do you say that? I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy that. I mean, you know, I think it shows that you know the more you're in college, the more they're gonna have a chance to think how better you are. I mean, I think players that play two or uh, one or two years, they're just pushing their luck, and when they get to the NBA, they're uh, they just you know shall we say flounder a bit. Well, they get their they get their they get their grades from the from uh the NBA draft board. That's why they go one or two years. It's the NBA draft board that tells these kids that hey, you're going to be this, you're going to you're slotted this. And this. James Wiseman, the big center at Memphis, that only played what four games this year. He's rated what yeah, number one, number two, or number three. Pick. He's going to be a top five pick. That ain't that ain't his. That ain't him wishing that. That's the NBA draft evaluators telling him that's what he's going to be. If a kid is, I hate to, if a kid is in there three years, he is he's not going to be a top pick. Let's just put it that way. Now, now listen, let me let me say this. I I, I don't I don't agree with the slotting, but I do agree with something that mm. that Lou just said. Because you got you got Pascal Siakam, you have even mm-hmm. Leonard, you got that kid uh, Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. you got Pascal, the dude that played for Golden State. All the people went to college for more than a year. Sometimes yeah. it, sometimes listen, even Paul George. Paul, remember, Paul George was in college what two years? Paul George, he sure was. Yeah, so some of them listen. They get there a little bit later, but it don't mean that they won't blossom. Because some of these dudes that come out oh. early end up not being good. Anthony Bennett. Right. <laughs> right. You have a lot of people early who ain't good. Right. Good point. Take it away from a standpoint in terms of if they can play. Look what Major League Baseball is doing right now um, with the Little League World Series. Let me tell you something. I watch more Little League World Series now than I watch the uh, Major League Baseball. But when it comes time to that final weekend and when the Major League Baseball players come and play their games there, you, the, it, it draws people to the event to say, okay, I want to watch a Major League Baseball because you see the little leaguers there. All I'm mm-hmm. saying is if the, if, the, if the Major League Baseball marketing people and people with the little league said, you know, let, let's put this together and let's see what our ratings are going to be. If they could accomplish that, by you extending that to to the college player, particularly individuals mm-hmm. second, third, or fourth, regardless of where you're going to rank or everything, we want you to play. Mm-hmm. 
Joe Harris is against such and such from Duke in a three-point shootout, or such and such is um, um, Russell Westbrook is against someone from uh, Kentucky in the skills challenge. You know how much right. pressure that that's going to put on you from a from an ESPN sense that you got to perform. At the same time, look how you're bringing mm-hmm. them together and you're building up the ratings for the yeah. weekend to get people to I, watch. I like because that's 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 the reason why. Like I said, unfortunately, because of what happened here with Kobe and the the rest of the eight victims, I had no intentions of wanting to watch All Star Weekend. I was done with it. Uh, uh, that's a good point. Well, I don't know about everybody. Okay. I'd like to see one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that? I'd like to see uh, one of the best NBA skills players go up against that little girl, um, Dangerfield, the point guard from UConn. <laughs> oh, my God. If y'all have not watched UConn women play, watch them at least one time. UConn's well, you'll watch them tomorrow night. Watch them at least one time. Well, they gon' you. You can watch them tomorrow night when they play South Carolina. Yeah, Dangerfield is savage, and Isich. I think that's how you say her name. Number twenty from Oregon. Inesco. 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 Yeah. yeah. She is. She's a nice really player, deep. but do but Dangerfield gon' she gonna have a. Yeah, is, it, I, I want to see how she's gonna. I want to see how she's going to compete against uh, South Carolina girls because South Carolina girls, they hound you. They yeah, hound you. They get after you. That girl got she going to need it tomorrow head. night. <laughs> she going to need it. To, she, hey, she, she going to look at five girls on that other side that that, can, that are almost as fast as she. I ain't going to say they just as fast. But they almost there, but she going to see she gonna see some defense tomorrow night. If you want to watch good quality basketball, that's going to be a good game to watch. Uh, South Carolina versus UConn will be a very good basketball game. And I I know it's the women. And I don't promote it, but too far, watch that game because you're going to see – I'm not going to say it because I I know if I say it, I'm going to get somebody sending me an email about calling women this. But you're going to see tough players. I want to see it. You're going to see tough. I want to see it. So you're going to – Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you know how we say with in men's game, when a guy's tough nose, he's very good. We say, man, he, he, that's a dog. He got some dog in him. I was getting ready to say that yeah. about female players, and I said, no, nah, don't, don't do it. Because do I'll, e- do I'll get the email. Yeah. I don't want to – and I'm not yeah. calling well, them dogs. Uh, just, mm-hmm. Well, um, it's a little bit too late now, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't call them dogs, man. I I I, 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 I ain't call them dogs. Hey, I uh, um, I got a question, question for you, service sellers. I um, I, one of my my good friends called me the other day and asked me a question. It's it's off this topic, but it's, it's about I think the Forty um, Niners got this lady on their coaching staff, coaching coaching um, in the NFL. Now, this is my opinion. I want to hear you. She may she may be qualified to coach coach, but I think and and where I'm coming from, I'm, I'm just coming from being a black guy and the hardship <laughs> black guy 
The black guy is already having trying to get a job in the NFL. How can mm-hmm. you justify hiring this woman as a coach and you won't even give a black guy uh, a chance a lot of times to be like a head coach or something in the in the NFL and all this kind of stuff. Because I, I seen the other day, I think the Raiders are sitting to hire a, a lady. Yeah, now, the Redskins just hired a lady too. So, so as long as talk- y'all, y'all, y'all help me out here. Okay, let me let yes. me let me make, let me understand correctly. So you you have a problem, or you're, you're having some difficulty grasping the fact that women are being given assistant coaching positions, not head coaches. See, we as black men, we're being given assistant coaches. They don't have a problem with giving us that. What they got a problem with giving us is the head coach. Okay, GM. I mean, GM too. Taking, but as, but I still argument if you seen them, if you seen them giving head coaches to women, I, I could understand uh, your your difficulty. But they don't have a problem with giving us assistant coaches. They have a problem with giving us the head coach and the GM position in upper management. That's what they got a problem with. Now, I'm of the opinion. I'm of the opinion that what's going to happen is that after this next year, and I'm using Eric Bieniemy as an example, they're going to be enough black coaches that it's going to end up bringing this to a head that the NFL is going to have to really – because what's going to happen is you're going to start having these female coaches starting putting in pressure on them. And so they're going to be forced with the decision to say, who do we want to give the coaching position to first? Do we want to give it to a minority or do we want to give it to a female? That's what, what the NFL is getting ready to be faced with. And the reason why I say that, when you sit there and you – when I sit here and I look at – the Democratic debate, and I look at individuals Mm-mm. like Elizabeth Warren and and the other, the, what's the other one, Amy Klobuchar, and the other one that's dropped out. Uh, you sit there and you see three female Democratic, rather Democratic or Republican, females running for the highest office. It's going to start putting pressure on people to say, do you want to give it to the minorities? Or do you want to give a woman mm. opportunity? That's where we're headed at. Mark my word. That's where we're headed to. That's pretty good. I want to chime in on what you, what you asked, Mike. I want to answer the question. Go ahead. Go ahead and close I, us I out. Think, you, got, I, you got 40 seconds. Okay, I think, we might, I, think I know where Mike going with that. What Mike is basically saying mm-hmm. is we have a hard enough time getting regular jobs that might lead to the head coaching position or anything that's higher up. And the fact that you now begin to give those positions away to females in a predominantly or all-male sport, basically, what are the chances that now even the jobs that you get start to dry up in favor of a woman? Mm. I think that's what the guy kind of saying. I think that's the question that he's asking. And my answer to that would be, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the answer to that is. But I think that's what he's saying. 